Welcome to the TechEd Podcast, where we visit with leaders who are shaping, innovating, and disrupting technical education. People who are not afraid to think differently, not afraid to try something new, all with the goal of securing the American dream for the next generation of STEM and workforce talent. We are back with yet another amazing episode of the Tech Ed Podcast. I am so excited to welcome today's guest, the 42nd governor of the state of Wisconsin, the longest serving governor in Wisconsin history, the only person to be elected to that position four times, former Secretary of Health and Human Services in the cabinet of President George W. Bush and himself a former candidate for President of the United States. He had a stellar career in the private sector and today, He serves as interim president of the University of Wisconsin system with 13 universities across 26 campuses, one of the largest public higher education systems in the country. Now, I am your host, Matt Kirkner, and it is my distinct pleasure to welcome to the Tech Ed Podcast, Governor Tommy Thompson. Matt, thank you so very much. It's great to to be with you. And I'm also very happy that your producer, Melissa Martin, is a graduate of the University of Wisconsin, so uh, I'm very proud of that as well. It's great to be here. Uh, a lot of people said, why are you taking on the University of Wisconsin after being governor and being secretary and being in the business world where I was making some fairly good money? And uh, I was not looking for this job, but they came to me and asked me to serve. And it's pretty hard uh, after I turned them down a couple of times to say no the third time because the University of Wisconsin was suffering some financial problems because of COVID, the pandemic, and everything else that was taking place in the past year. And so I thought it was my responsibility to see what I could do to help. That's what I did, and I'm happy to do it because one of the great privileges of being the president is you get to meet some great people. One of those great people is Matt Kirshner. I don't know if you know that guy, but he is an individual that I've learned to respect a great deal in the area of tech development and developing in the business world and helping businesses grow. So, Matt, it's your show, and I'm delighted to be here and delighted to be able to call you a friend. Absolutely. And first of all, those words are music to my ears and, of course, make my whole week. So thank you so much for those very nice comments. Like Melissa, you yourself are a graduate, if I'm correct, of uh, the University of Wisconsin system. So it must be great to be back in the chair of of the University of Wisconsin (laughs) after so many years. I didn't even mention your 20 years of service in the Wisconsin State Assembly before becoming the governor of the state. So what an amazing impact you've had on the state of Wisconsin. As you think about this role as interim president of one of the largest public sector higher education systems, in the United States and and serving in this role through the the disruption that is COVID, all the changes that are taking place. I'd be interested in your thoughts, Governor, on how will higher education and particularly engineering and STEM programs, will they be affected in the coming years? And how do you see higher education needing to adapt as a result? You know, it's it's a question that everybody is talking about. Not only you and I are talking about it today, but students are talking about it. Do I really need a college education anymore? Parents are saying, you know, do I really need to send Johnny and Susie to college? Uh, maybe they can do better without it. And uh, with the college costs and everything else is, is a big discussion going on in the world and in this country and in the state. And so I've looked at higher education as, as something that really is a gateway, a gateway to future opportunities. And I'm not sure that higher education has always been, up until now, been that concerned about the students. They've been more concerned about the institutions, about their faculty, and about the emoluments of the job. 
but I don't think they've really looked out and said, what does the student need? And I think the new university system is gonna to have to put the student front and center. How do you make the student wanna to go to college? How do you produce the education that's going to allow that student to grow and prosper? How are you going to make sure that education is relevant to the business world? And how are you going to make sure that education is going to develop the Matt Kirshners and the Melissa Martins of tomorrow that are going to be able to fit in and do the job? And so education is in a, a really a transformation right now. I'm delighted about that. One of the things that I've seen on the Madison campus is the STEM subjects are the ones that are really growing. And this, to me, is an amazing step forward. It used to be on the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus that alone where I was, got two degrees, so my law degree and my uh, undergraduate, was that one out of five graduates were in the STEM field. It's now one out of three, and it's going even down further. And I would say over the next few years, it's going to be one out of every two are going to be in the STEM area. And what do I mean by that? that people want to be able to go into a field that they can walk out of and get a job and be prosperous and be able to do it. And the letters in science, not taking away anything from any, any subject, are not cutting it for a lot of people. They want to be able to have an engineering degree. And more importantly, right now, it's the computer scientists that are really just exploding and we are seeing not only at the university is going through transformation, business is going through transformation. We don't have the old ironclad businesses where you did a, the road. Right now, we have computers, we have robots, we have the automation that's making, making things happen so much better. And you got to have the Matt Kirshners and the Melissa Martins educated to run those operations and to be able to think out of the box and be able to do it. That's what's so exciting about education right now. We're all in this and we're building for tomorrow and we're never going to go back. The transformation is there. The pandemic has caused us to think ahead. And that is what's so exciting about being, for me, being in higher education right now, because we're in a state of flux. We're changing and for the better. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you make that whole answer about the student. And, and that certainly, I think, is a hallmark of your entire career, Governor, is, is making it about the individual. And as you think about that student really being the customer in so many ways, or at least a key customer of the university system and preparing them for, you hit on it, it's where are the careers going to be? Where are the opportunities going to be? So that when they're making these, what for so many families are a significant, significant investment in their future, that when they get through that path, they have an opportunity to earn a living, to, to support a family. So very, very important. And we agree with you that those, those routes to STEM disciplines and opportunities, and you mentioned things like robotics and, and advanced manufacturing to us, is so very, very important. You know, Governor, I, I think back to a few weeks back when you and I were having a chat with our, our friends at Ashley Furniture, and we talked about how technical education has evolved from the days of shop and industrial arts. And now Students are learning those things about advanced manufacturing and smart technology. Given that so many in our audience are technical education teachers, be it at high schools, K-12 programs, technical and community colleges, and then into the, the STEM and such programs at the four-year universities, what do you think those teachers, instructors, and administrators should be thinking about as they plan for their future? Everything. I mean, I don't think there's a norm anymore. 
I think we're really, because of the pandemic and distance learning, we've learned that we can educate differently. We can learn differently because everything is moving so rapidly. You know, I can remember back when I was in London, this, this guy came in with his big box that he carried a lot. He says, look at the new thing I can do. I can open up the box that weighed 15 pounds he was carrying around. I had a telephone in there. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, this is the modern thing. I can, I can go any place with my telephone. <laughs> but he had this big box in the telephone. Just, just think of what we've done with the telephones and the circuits and how much tremendous amount of, of information is on a little disk, a little chip. And how we used to have supercomputers that took rooms. And now the telephone is a supercomputer almost. It's it just, it, it just amazing how we're, how we're going through this transformation period. So all the teachers out there, especially those in tech ed, are just, they're on the cutting edge. And I, I think of my university up at Stout, which is a great school. 97% of the students coming out of there get a job, 97%. And it's just amazing what those students are learning with new equipment and new and new things in the classroom. And uh, all I can say is I'm impressed with where we're going. And the teachers and the instructors and the professors that are in your listening audience, congratulations first for being educators. We need more of you. We got a shortage of you. We need more educators that are going to be able to do the education. And we want to be able to say thank you to you because sometimes you don't get paid enough or get the respect enough. But I respect you and I want to get your pay up and I want you to be able to do a job and I want you to be able to come up with innovative ways and try something new, try something different. We don't know what it's going to be, but we know it's going to be better. And so or we think it's going to be better. And that's what's happening in our state. It's happening in our country and it's happening in our world. You know, that's a, it's a really interesting answer, Governor. And, and I know that there are technical educators that are on with us today. That's going to be very, very welcome to them to hear the, the support coming from the very top of the, the UW system. You mentioned UW Stout. They're a, they're a great partner of ours as well. Chancellor Frank doing, doing great things there. I serve on several advisory boards there, as a matter of fact. And I think one of the things that UW Stout in particular... Isn't that a great school, man? That's amazing. It's a phenomenal school. And it's just it's the only polytechnic university in the state of Wisconsin, one of the only ones in the Midwest. And I think one of the things, Governor, they do really well, as, as many of our UW programs do, is build bonds with their industrial employers and build bonds with their employers in their district and throughout the state of Wisconsin. And, and as we look to the future, and certainly your background in building relationships between the public and the private sector, certainly something you've done incredibly and effectively. How do you see private employers supporting and engaging the UW system in the coming years? And, and to our educators, how should they be working with their private employers to build those relationships? Matt, you're a clairvoyant. You are, you're on the cutting edge, my friend. Right now, just like the student, I think the student has been overlooked in, in, in our universities up until now. And now with the declining enrollment in our high schools, the need for getting students to come to college or vocational school or any advanced degree, we need students. And therefore we have to cater to them. You gotta have to have education so I can go in the evening or I can go on Saturday. Or I, the only time I can go to college is Sunday afternoon. Where can I pick up some courses on Sunday afternoon? You gotta make yourself available for that student or students there 
in order to be able to function. And the business world is no different. We've always had, I think up until now, you know, the business world has gone off and, and done their thing and, and done it well. I mean, we got a great country and a great state, but we've sort of been, once in a while we go to a university, but we don't go enough. We don't have the intercourse between business and education like it should be. We should be having businesses Every time they got a big problem, they should go to the university or to the technical school. How can you help us out? How can we form a partnership? And what I want to see, something different. I want to have educators and education and institutions go into business and develop joint ventures. Why not start building the universities into an entrepreneurial class? Why should we always have to depend upon the taxpayers to fund the universities or vocational schools? Why don't we go out with all of our capabilities and capacities, you know, maybe make your program a little bit better, but maybe we want a slice of the action. Maybe we want to go in and help set up a new assortment in the factory, a new uh, conveyor belt, maybe a new robot system. Why don't we enter into a joint venture like that? Let's bring business into the university and let's have university reach out to business and develop ways in which we can do it. I would love to see the start enter into a business arrangement with uh, Ashley Furniture. How can Ashley Furniture build furniture faster and better? Maybe we put them through a polytechnical school and along with a vocational school. I'm not saying one is better over the other, but I would say, you know, why don't we try and develop some way with automation and robots and new, new way to move furniture along as it's being put together or being able to put it together with new fabrics, maybe we should enter into a joint venture and develop you know, new materials that we can sell to Ashley and make some money. What's wrong with that? Let's start thinking out of the box and start looking at ways in which we could combine the resources and business with universities and make them better. I want us to be the most exciting, innovative way to develop new businesses and new opportunities for students and universities in the country. Without question, Governor. And, and think about also the opportunity for those students as those partnerships are taking place. Oh. You know, the, the benefits certainly to the private enterprise of, of bringing in new innovation, new ideas, uh, joint ventures, as you suggest. But then that student experience as they're participating in that in learning about the private sector and learning about career opportunities and learning about how things are done in business as they're going through their educational pathway is an incredibly, incredibly powerful tool. You know, Governor Thompson, obviously never afraid to, to disrupt the model a little bit or ask some tougher questions. And, and we certainly admire that. And I think, I think that question of how we continue to build those partnerships between private employers and between our, our educators and our particularly our universities here in Wisconsin and across the Midwest, a great way to, to disrupt education. You know, another initiative I know you have, Governor, speaking of a little bit uh, disruptive and looking at things a little bit different um, in a little bit different fashion, uh, late last year, you announced an initiative to turn a Wisconsin prison into a college for inmates, beginning with a cohort of about 315 student inmates and eventually expanding across your state. So, you know, particularly as you look at your role with the UW system and also your role as governor, um, when, when corrections were maybe viewed a little bit differently, tell us about this project and, and also why it's so important to you personally. I just give you some figures. We have 24,000 prisoners in our institution locked up. 50% are going to get out in four years. 
And it costs us $35,000 to $37,000 to keep them locked up for a year. That's a lot of money. It's a huge amount of money. We spend more money keeping people locked up than we do educating them at the University of Wisconsin. Now, I thought to myself, well, that's sort of stupid. You know, <laughs> and then over, over 50 to 70% of them once they get out, don't have the ability to make a living, so they go resort back to crime and go back in. Seventy percent of my inmates have already got a high school education. I wanted to succeed, so I thought to myself, "Let's go through and find three hundred fifty to five hundred that really want to succeed." You know, and start it out. Start out a college class as a freshman class. You may have to have some remedial classes, so what? And have the university develop the courses do the teaching and be able to do it and have business adopt some prisoners. You take 10 prisoners and you develop the curriculum on what you need in that worker. And so they adopt that worker, the 10 workers, and they help pay for the instruction. And we get the, our instructors in the course developed. They matriculate through four years. At the end of four years, Ashley Furniture hires them. Ashley Furniture has taught them and they got a job with Ashley Furniture and pays well and they don't have to resort to crime. Guess what? They don't go back to, back to prison. We don't pay 37000 for nothing. I got somebody working for Ashley Furniture paying taxes. Now, what is better? Absolutely. Well, certainly from a financial and economic standpoint, certainly the income coming in makes a whole lot more sense than all that cost going out and also the dignity and the future of that individual. You know, I can tell you, Governor, I spent 20 some odd years uh, leading Wisconsin and Midwestern manufacturing companies. Very, very proud of that phase of that segment of my career. And, you know, we hired, we hired ex-offenders and, and I can tell you that not every one of them worked out the way that you hope, but a you know, a good number of them did. Yeah. And you look at the opportunities that you create for, and they create for themselves, for themselves, for their families, for their communities, because they're not reoffending and they're and they're they're producing and they're and they're contributing to their community. It really just makes sense. And we certainly here at the Tech Ed Podcast wish you the best of luck and, and certainly our support as you move through that project because I think you're you're right on target and it's really, really an exciting opportunity for the future of the state of Wisconsin. Well, thank you, Matt. It's amazing how many people are writing in and saying, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Will you uh, let me help out? I said, absolutely. I've talked to the head of American Family Insurance Company, and he's going to head up the business sector, and he's real excited about it, and he's a great uh, entrepreneur. And I said, I want you to get businesses that want to develop courses and help sponsor them and sponsor actually individuals. And what better way to, to have, you know, to have American Family take five or six and, and Ashley Furniture, 10 or 12 or whatever, and you got... <laughs> This is my class. These are my, I'm, I'm sponsoring 10 people in prison to get an education that I'm going to hire and put in my factory or my, or my business, whatever it is. And it's just like being in college. And so I said, let's turn a prison into a college. Maybe the first one in the country to do it. I'm thinking about having a graduation ceremony here in Madison when they graduated in May, you know, and I want the business people there to see their, their individuals and have them all dressed up and ready to go. And they go to work on Monday, but on Saturday, we have a big graduation ceremony and congratulate them. I just think, you know, got a lot of merit. You paint a beautiful picture, Governor. 
We look forward to that day as well. That would be quite an accomplishment, again, both for those inmates and for the the private employers that are the beneficiaries of those skills and those new employees and, and really for the entire state. That'll be a phenomenal mark that you leave on the UW system. We talked about the importance of business and partnerships with private enterprise. No doubt that will be a major accomplishment of yours, turning the, the focus on the student and making the student the beneficiary and the, and the focus of the UW system, the customer, if you will. We've also talked about the importance of STEM and, and technical education. As you think about your impact in this role, and it's an interim role and nobody knows how long uh, you'll be there. Maybe we'll start uh, advocating for a permanent position. We'll see. But as you look at the impact that you're making on the state, Governor, what other initiatives are you undertaking with the UW system under your leadership that you'd like to share with our audience? There's so many. I want the university, the new university to be the problem solver. Right now, we are, uh, we're setting up testing programs. Our testing programs are so good. Our positive rate is down below 1%. It's just amazing. Our healthcare system was really stretched because of the pandemic. So I look back in 1918, and that's when the pandemic and the Spanish flu was. The healthcare system broke down then. And the only thing that saved it was taking nursing students and medical students out of school and closing down the school and putting them in the healthcare field to take care of the patients. And that saved the healthcare system. It was a good part of it. So I did the same thing on the university. We got nursing students now, pharmacist students and healthcare students all over the system helping to vaccinate people. So it's a, a way to solve problems. I want the university to be the problem solver. You got a problem, Matt? I want you to bring it to the university and say, how can we, how can we fix it? We got all this water in Wisconsin. You know, we got Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, and the Mississippi, the Wisconsin, 15,000 lakes. Minnesota brags about 10,000. We have fish in ours. It's a big difference. And so <laughs> it's, a, it, it's, it's got all these things. So why don't we start a water initiative, a water college, and have all the business that can grow out of water. Can you imagine this? Most of the world doesn't have water or good potable water. Why don't we use our abundance of supply and figure out a way that we're going to make this a whole industry for the world and start here in, in Milwaukee and Green Bay and Superior, all on the Great Lakes. We could be a tremendous problem solver. We could develop things, you know, in agriculture. You know, we haven't even started on, on how we can develop better products, better crops, and so on. We were in agriculture school when we started out. Let's look at how we can change agriculture for the next century. Well, I mean, everything I can think of, you know, I, I can throw it into how we, how we turn it into a program for the betterment of the state. If I got any asset, it's the fact that I come up with good ideas or some ideas. Some are good, some are bad. I mean, one out of 10 is not bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, many, many assets, Governor, without question. And it's amazing under your leadership, which for our audience began, I believe, in July of last year. So it hasn't even been a year. All of the things that you have managed to get done in your interim role with the University of Wisconsin system. I want to put your career, if I may, into a little bit of perspective as well for our audience. You were elected to the Wisconsin State Assembly in 1967, governor in 1987. I want to say Secretary of Health and Human Services in about 2002. I mean, if you think about that span and and, and your career in private industry and your career now with the UW system and everything else that's been in there, I'm going to believe that 25 to 50 years from now, 
our K-12 students are still going to be learning about the impact of Tommy G. Thompson in their civics classes, in their history classes, and so on. If you could write that chapter of the book, what would you want that to reflect for our K-12 students? I would say he loved Wisconsin, he loved his people, and he wanted everybody to do well. And as a result of that, I would say the people of Wisconsin and the entire U.S., most of us anyway, love Tommy Thompson. Tommy, it has been such a pleasure to have you join us. Uh, Governor Tommy G. Thompson, our guest today on the Tech Ed Podcast. Uh, We expected a lively and fascinating discussion. We got one, and I can't tell you how much we appreciate you joining us today. Matt, you're a wonderful guy and a great friend, and thank you so very much. And Melissa, thank you. Outstanding. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tech Ed Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe, leave a review, and if you like this episode, share it with a friend. New episodes launch every Tuesday, so listen in next week.